Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, thanks for listening today, guys. We're going to be talking about a mindset, an attitude, a mentality that is absolutely antithetical to personal productivity. And in fact, it's antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about actually is victimhood or the victimhood mentality or victim mentality. It's this outlook where you see yourself as the victim of outside forces. And it can manifest in a whole bunch of different ways, but the result of it is always destructive. It's always cancerous. And it will obliterate any attempt at personal productivity if you imbibe this mindset. And like I said, is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to show you why it's so dangerous, why it's such a terrible mindset to have and how it's destructive personally and to personal productivity. And I'm also going to show you just some ideas or ways to fight this mentality in your own life. And it's prevalent, isn't it? Victimhood. We live in a culture of victimization. It's always somebody else's fault. If somebody hurts you, you can sue them. If you fail at something, blame your upbringing or blame your teachers or blame your boss. If you get in trouble at work, it's because your supervisor's mean person. It's not because something you did. If you can't get ahead in life, it's because, you know, systemic, systematic forces are arrayed against you and you just can't possibly overcome them without somebody helping you out of that predicament. Right? It's, this, it's this attitude of disempowerment, of helplessness, but it's actually a lot more than that. The victimhood mentality is more than just feeling like bad things have happened to you. It's also inherently anti-Christian. It's anti-gospel. This is the opposite of the attitude a person who believes the gospel of Jesus Christ should believe. We don't think of ourselves as victims if we're Christians. And as we'll see, it's anti-productivity. I would say that there's a reason that I am so adamant against this mindset. There's several reasons, but one of them is, is just personal. And that is because it is something I have struggled with. <laughs> Even putting it that way, saying I've struggled with it. It's something that I have indulged in. I should put it that way and take responsibility for it. I have often in my past, and even still today, struggle with, I will cast myself as a victim. And I'll do this because, uh, you know, bad things have happened and bad things happen to everybody. I, I've mentioned before in, in the um, episode I did about my personal testimony that I lost my father at a young age and I took advantage of that and have taken advantage of, of that of that loss, to paint myself as a victim, to try to get sympathy, to try to find a way to justify my own laziness or refusal to take responsibility because bad things happen to me. So I'd, be, I'd go around looking for people to feel bad for me when, when things happen instead of actually taking the initiative, taking the responsibility and fixing it. And it gives you just this negative outlook. It gives you that kind of evangelical Eeyore attitude of pessimism, which I talked about in, in episode 59, why every Christian should be an optimist. But victimhood runs deeper than just pessimism. It's really cancerous to the soul. It really results in bitterness, which the Bible warns us about. And 
like I said, in my own life, it's, it was absolutely disempowering because I always had an excuse for not trying harder. Well, I couldn't have because X, Y, and Z happened to me, or I didn't have the advantages that so-and-so had. So that's the opposite of the attitude that engages with the world, that engages and says, no, I'm going to take response. I'm going to do something. I'm going to build something. I'm going to make sure I'm actually uh, productive with my life, right? Victimhood mentality obliterates all of that. It avoids those things because it's really just looking for sympathy, looking for a way to be not responsible. In researching for this episode, I also came across an article by a guy named Akos Balog. I don't know how to pronounce that, but he had an article and it was over on the Gospel Coalition, like Australian edition, which I didn't know existed. Almost every article on there is about kangaroos and the, and the implications for the gospel. So I found that really bizarre. That's a joke, by the way. I realize sometimes that I tell jokes on here and I tell them in a very dry way and just move on and people don't know I'm joking. So I'll tell you when it's a joke because that makes it funnier. Maybe if they were good jokes, I wouldn't have to tell people. That self-reflection I might need to save for later. Anyway, so Echoes, I think you how you say it, he had this great quote about the victim mentality and why it's so bad, especially for Christians. He said, I am concerned about the adoption of a victim mentality, a mentality that, like a drug, makes you feel good for a while, but then sucks the life out of you. I just thought that was so, uh, just speaking experientially, that was such a good description of what a victim mentality does, is it makes you feel good. Because you're like, yeah, bad things happen to me. People should feel bad for me. And that kind of like warms your heart a little bit in a weird, like perverse way. But in the end, it leaves you empty. Because what do you have when after someone says, oh, I'm so sorry for you, pat, pat, pat. Then what? Nothing. You're, you're, you're left alone again. You're left with, you still have responsibilities you need to fulfill. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's this attempt to disconnect from what you ought to do and try instead to really get people to coddle you. And it's horrible. It's, it's gross when you think about it, the victim mentality. And it does, like he said, it sucks the life out of you, completely sucks the life out of you. And it is not an attitude that is befitting a steward of the household of God. We have work to be doing. We have a God to be serving. We're here for a purpose as Christians. And we don't have time to be wasting spending on woe is me or well, I, I really bad things have just had not turned out the way that they ought to have for me. We don't have time for that. We need to take responsibility. We've got work to do. So how do we address this cancerous mindset? Well, I'm going to do three things here with the time we have left. And first, we're going to take a closer look at the victim mentality, what it is exactly. Try to try to zero in on it. I've talked in broad terms. I want to get more specific. Then I'm going to give a couple examples of how this mindset is destructive at a macro level, like in history, like with nations, <laughs> and even like at a socio-political standpoint, because if you can see the destruction that this mindset can wreak on a wide level, you'll see just how destructive it can be at a personal level too. So it'll be kind of like by way of analogy. And then finally, we'll show how it's destructive at a personal level, and especially your personal productivity in specific ways. And then of course, how we can address that. So what is the mindset of victimhood? What are we talking about exactly? Well, one definition that I came across, it's kind of long, but it 
I thought that he hits on some good points here. He says, if you have a victim mentality, you will see your entire life through a perspective that things constantly happen to you. You see that? It's passive. Victimization is thus a combination of seeing most things in life as negative, so there's that pessimism, beyond your control, and as something for which you should be given sympathy. And implied in that is that you deserve better than the things that have happened to you. At its heart, a victim mentality is actually a way to avoid taking any responsibility for yourself or for your life. By believing you have no power, then you don't have to take action. Ooh, ah, I I can tell you that really hit home for me. That's exactly what I do when I try to take on this mentality. By believing I have no power, then I don't have to take action. That's huge. And that's the motivation. That's why we indulge in this mindset. But you notice something. Can you count the sins in that little definition? The sins of of mind and the way we look at the world that was contained in that definition? I saw a bunch of them. There's a denial of the sovereignty of God, of course, because you're saying, well, things just happen and they happen to me and they're kind of out of control. But no, things are not out of control. They're under God's control. There's a denial of the love of God for you because you're saying bad things always happen to me. And implied in that is, well, God must not care if these just bad things happen to you. It's self-focused. There's this desire for sympathy, for can somebody come help me? You know, you're wrapped up in yourself, not in how you can serve and love others. It's all about you. And then there's that huge entitlement assumption. I deserve better than this. And then, of course, there is the opposite of that is actually true, which is I deserve an eternity in hell. That's that's what a Christian, a person who's embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to understand. I don't deserve better. I deserve worse than whatever the world can throw at me. And then, of course, I already dug into this a little bit, but refusal to take responsibility. By believing you have no power, then you don't have to take action. There's so much in there in that selfishness, in that refusal to take responsibility, that denial of God's sovereignty of his love. It's bad. It's sinful. This mentality is wrong. It's the opposite of walking by faith in God's promises. It's not believing what God has said is true in his word. And instead, taking on this mindset that is entirely negative and entirely unproductive. But I do want to say one thing here, just... So I'm perfectly clear. Having a victim mindset is not the same thing as being a victim. What I mean by that is you can have a victim mindset whether or not anything genuinely bad has ever really happened to you. Uh, And obviously we've all had bad things happen to us. But there are people who, you know, maybe you had a a relative die or or like, like I say, I mean, it was objectively a bad thing that my father died when I was a kid. But what if you're the victim of something even more heinous, of a murder, or maybe you've been raped or something absolutely heinous? Am I saying to you, oh, don't be a victim? But you're like, well, I I was victimized. No, what I'm, I'm saying is there's a difference from having something bad, even something absolutely heinous and, and awful happen to you. There's a difference between that and taking on the mindset that I am a perpetual victim. Only bad things will happen to me. People should feel sorry for me. I deserve better than all these things. Do you see what I'm saying? You can have that mindset of a victim 
no matter what bad things or what degree bad things have happened to you in your life. The problem is that the mindset is wrong for anybody, whether you are a, a victim of the worst crime in the world or barely anything bad's ever happened to you. The mindset itself is sinful. And so I want in our thinking to let's separate out being someone who has legitimately been victimized versus someone who has now taken on the identity of a victim. Those are two different things. So uh, I told you I was going to talk about what it, what exactly the victimhood mindset is. Well, there's this great article called Unraveling the Mindset of Victimhood, and it's by uh, Scott Barry Kaufman. And now this is, uh, it's definitely secular psychology this guy's coming at this from. So I, I want to be careful when we approach secular psychology that we're not imbibing their worldview from it, because that's not what we want to do. But he does make good observations about people who exhibit this similar mindset of victimhood. And so I thought his criteria for kind of categorizing the mindset was helpful. So, and caveat, what's he say? In his article, he identifies these four features of a victim mindset. See if you recognize them in yourself or <laughs> much easier for us than self-examination is you can probably all think of someone who fits the bill for this. One is a desire to be recognized as a victim. You want people to, to know it, know that bad things have happened to you, that you deserve their pity. Uh, two is a sense of moral superiority because of one's victim status. And that might sound kind of odd at first, but we'll see in a little bit how that actually plays out in real life. The third is a lack of empathy toward the pain of others. And you can understand how that could happen. You say, well, so many bad things have happened to me. Why should I feel bad for other people? They should be feeling bad for me. See, that self-focus makes you not empathetic to other people because you're so wrapped up in you. And finally, number four, a desire to think about and talk about past victimization. I can think of several people that I've known in my life that fit the bill for that. That's all they talk about is how bad things have happened to them and how so-and-so did this and it wasn't right. And they want, they're kind of like goading you to tell them, oh man, I'm so sorry that happened. I can't believe that. Regale me with more stories about how people have hurt you. So those are the four features that Kaufman says you can see in a victimhood mindset. And it's interesting, he had this examination about how people with a victimhood mindset tend to interpret socially ambiguous situations. So he, he took kind of those four things and in the article basically talks about how there's a socially, quote unquote, socially ambiguous situation and people with a victimhood mindset will interpret it as a personal slight. So a couple examples he gives, maybe you order coffee at Starbucks and the barista doesn't smile at you. Well, that's because they're a racist. Right. So this is assumption that, oh, they're doing that because they see that I'm a different race than them and therefore they must hate me. And that comes from that lack of empathy, that self-focus. Right. They probably just didn't smile because they're tired or they're having a bad day. You know what I mean? But you don't think that way when you have victim in mindset. You think it's bad. It's always going to be negative. Maybe someone cuts you off in traffic. It's not because they're in a hurry or they didn't see you. No, it's because they Someone they've never met before in their life, they personally hate you, you know? And that's how we do and honk at them. Like, what are you? Don't you know who I am? I'm in a Subaru. Or maybe someone doesn't respond to your text and you think, oh, they hate me. They must hate me. They're probably out doing stuff with other friends that are way more fun than me. And they're just thinking, what a dummy. They're all looking at the text I sent and said, hey, what are you up to tonight? And they're not responding because they're all looking at it, laughing at me. That's how a victim thinks. 
We've all known people like this. We might be people like this from time to time. But simply put, if I could summarize what a victim mindset really is, if when things go wrong, your immediate inclination is to say, why it's not my fault, or it's not fair, or I don't deserve this, you might just have a victim mindset. And as I said in the beginning, and I've hinted at, a victim mindset is is antithetical to the gospel. See, a, a victimhood mindset says, I deserve happiness. The gospel says, you're a sinner who deserves hell. A victimhood mindset says, I'm a victim and I deserve sympathy. I, I don't I don't need to empathize with others because no one else has had it as hard as I've had. But the gospel says, view others as more important than yourselves. Philippians 2.3. A victimhood mindset says the world is under the control of these cruel and capricious forces, and they always make bad things happen to me. But the gospel says, no, God is in control of everything that happens, and he is working it all together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. A victimhood mindset says, life has been hard on me, so I don't need to take responsibility. The gospel says, you've been saved by grace through faith. And now it is incumbent upon you to walk as one who has received such amazing forgiveness, such amazing grace, and walk as a servant of God. It's an attitude of personal responsibility. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's not an attitude of, oh, I can fold my arms because life's too hard. Nope. Nope. Just the opposite. You've gotten far better than you ever deserved. You're far more loved than you could ever imagine. God is more in control meticulously of the entire universe than you could possibly comprehend in your little pea brain. And you have been given a responsibility, a duty to walk by faith before God, to live a life as a steward of his resources for his glory. You got work to do. You have a responsibility. That's how a Christian looks at the world. They don't look at it like a victimhood mindset. They look at it as someone who's been a beneficiary of God's grace. So victimhood, yes, absolutely antithetical to the gospel. It's absolutely antithetical to personal productivity. But I did promise you I'd give you one more analogy. <laughs> and that is how a victimhood mindset is cancerous at the macro level. So when I say the micro level, I'm talking about our own lives. But at the macro level, we actually have examples from history, some of them actually playing out right now in real time on the world stage, if I can get a little political, about how victimhood mindset, when it infects a group of people, turns them into absolute monsters, really. So you think historically... Nations that have embraced like Marxism, right, or socialism, they have succeeded historically by first cultivating a victimhood mindset in a group of people. And this, this just this is fascinating because you see this this playbook literally over and over again throughout history, how people rise to power by and get a following by first telling a, a group of people, you're oppressed. You've had all this bad things happen to you. We need to get that oppressor class out of power because they're the problem. They're evil. You see this with the Soviet Union. You look, at, look up the genocides of the, the kulaks. That was totally, at first, a campaign of propaganda to paint the kulaks as oppressors and as evil. 
then you can justify killing them off because they're evil. Hitler did the same thing, a more familiar example. You know, all that Nazi propaganda about the Jews, all that stuff saying, do you see how the Jews are taking all our money? Do you see how they, they're, they're greedy? Do you see how they're, they're bad and deceitful? You know, and they put these cartoons in the newspapers of them portrayed as rats and all and dehumanizing them. But really what they were saying is the Jews are the cause of your problems. Or the kulaks are the cause of your problems. You see this over and over and over again in history. And it's happening right now. If I could be a little bit, I'm not trying to get political, but I mean, if I look at the world that we're living in right now, I see it. The people that are promoting socialism in America, they are doing the same thing. They say the capitalists, the rich are the cause of your problems. They're trying to paint you as a victim. Now, I'm not worried to get political on here against Marxism because Marxists aren't concerned with personal productivity. <laughs> okay, that joke was stupid. But true, 100% true. <laughs> if you're looking for someone else to bail you out and take care of you, you're not going to listen to a podcast that's about how to get more done with your life. Anyway, end political thing, because it's really not about politics. What I'm trying to show you is the mindset of victimhood leads to destruction. I mean, it leads to genocide. <laughs> I mean, that's not hyperbole. Historically, that is where it led when a group of people saw themselves as victims and oppressed and then went after the people that they perceived to be oppressing them. And now for our purposes, that's just by way of analogy, because I hope you don't turn into a murderer by embracing a victimhood mindset, though, honestly, I think probably many murderers actually have. But the point I really want to make is that the victimhood mentality, really what it is, is it produces rich soil for the root of bitterness to crop up. And we're warned against this in Hebrews, I think, chapter 12, that, that let not a root of bitterness creep up. We have to be careful of that root of bitterness because once that takes root, it grows into this big, huge, massive, destructive plant. And we don't want that. And so we have to till the soil, or I don't know what a good analogy is, destroy the victim mentality so that bitterness doesn't crop up in our hearts. Whew. Okay. Let's look at the, uh, the part you actually probably tuned in for this podcast for, and that is how a mindset of victimhood is cancerous, not at the macro level, but at the micro level in our own lives, in our own personal productivity. I think that the primary feature of a victimhood mentality that is antithetical to personal productivity is that aspect of refusing to take responsibility. And I really do think that that is the heart motivation for why we embrace an attitude of, woe is me, I'm a victim, because we don't want to take responsibility. And Ed Welch puts it this way. He says, if we are chronic victims, we're shifting the locus of control from ourselves to others. See, that's how we're offloading responsibility by blaming people. Do you understand when you blame someone, you blame shift, you don't take responsibility. <clears throat> you're giving that away to someone, but you're not just giving away the responsibility and the negative consequences that might fall on them. You're also giving them control. You're removing any responsibility, any power that you might have to affect change on your own. It's the same attitude of, of the devil made me do it, blaming Satan for your sin. Or society made me do it. Poverty made me do it. A bad upbringing made me do it. My lousy boss made me do it. My spouse made me do it. On and on and on. It's this blame-shifting refusal to take responsibility. And if personal productivity is anything, it's taking responsibility for your life and for your work and trying to be the best steward you possibly can. It's, it's responsibility. That's what productivity is. 101. That's the base of it. That's the foundation. 
you have to take personal responsibility to be organized, to plan, to delegate, to do things when you said you were going to do them. That's all it is. That's all we're talking about is personal responsibility. And so I don't know of a worse, more cancerous mindset that could undermine your productivity than a victimhood mentality, which refuses to take responsibility for what you need to do in life. A productive Christian says, I am responsible for my sin. I'm the one who sinned against God. I'm the guilty party. And they also say, I'm responsible for my actions. I have a duty to God and to my fellow man, and it's time to get to work. I need to do something about it. It doesn't wait around for somebody else to take the lead and say, here's here, I'm going to show you exactly what to do. No, you take responsibility and you go to work because you have, you have a responsibility before God. And you can see, and this is really the point of me sharing that analogy about how victim mentality plays out at the macro level and in history. If a people can use a victimhood mindset to justify genocide, how much easier is it for us to justify our own laziness with a mindset of victimhood? Yeah, I don't need to get out of bed today. You know, this bad thing happened to me or nobody else goes into work early or, you know, I was overlooked by, by my boss last week. So why should I step it up and work harder? I'm the only one doing this. Or my husband never notices what I do around the house or nobody really cares if I do X, Y, and Z and, and, and everyone was mean to me anyway. So why should I do it? You know, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. That's not the way a Christian looks at the world. We use the victim mentality to justify our lack of responsibility. That's why we have to slay it. We have to murder it. We have to mortify it. And I would just say this too. People that view themselves as victims, they never accomplish great things. You don't see anybody in the annals of history who did great things because they thought themselves a victim. You said, oh, you just talked about how, you know, these leaders, these horrible leaders used it, aren't they in the history books? No, they didn't think of themselves as victims. They just, they just convinced other people that they were, that those people were victims. You know, a person who accomplishes great things in life, it's never someone with a victim mentality. Why? Because the person with the victim mentality is too busy worrying about woe is me to actually get anything done. So a person with a victim mentality is never going to be productive. They aren't. They just aren't. And so when you see this crop up in your own thinking, you got to slay it. And how do you slay it? Well, you have to refuse to believe the, the lies that are endemic to it. You have to refuse to believe those disempowering, responsibility-shirking lies. Just like with everything in the Christian walk, you have to confront the lies, the temptations of the evil one with the truth of God's word. And just a little side note for you, a little bit of Christian theology. Satan only has one weapon in his arsenal. Do you know that? The only weapon Satan has is deceit. That's what he does. He's the father of lies. He twists things. He lies. That's what he does. All temptations are just lies. They're telling you if you do this sin, it's going to make you happy and there's not going to be consequences. It's a lie that's being presented to you. How do you confront lies? The truth. Where do you find the truth? God's word. So we have to be armed with the word of God. That's why the 
foundational discipline you really need to have as a Christian is familiarizing yourself with God's word so that you can be armed with the truth to confront the lies of the evil one. And that's no more true than with this attitude of victimhood. You have to confront that lie of that you deserve better than this with, no, I don't. I deserve much worse. And the only reason I have anything I have, the only reason I'm here taking a breath today is because God has let me. He has given me grace to do that. You have to confront it with that truth. You have to confront that that lie that the whole world's out of control and just bad negative things are going to happen to you with the truth that God is the king. Jesus is king of the universe and he is in control of all of it and he cares for you and he's going to use even bad things for your good. You have to bring the truth to bear on it. And you have to confront the lie that I can step back with the responsibilities of life because bad things have happened to me. You have to confront that with no. God is going to hold me accountable for the life I live before him. And that whole well done, good and faithful servant, that's going to come when I take responsibility. Just speaking of the parable of the servants, of the talents, right? The one who buried his treasure in the soil, what was he doing? What was he doing? He was shirking responsibility. And he was playing the victim. When the master returns from his journey, he says, well, where's my money? Why didn't you like invest it or, or make a better return on it? And he said, oh, well, I knew that you were a hard man and that, and that you, you he blame shifts, right? And plays the victim. That's exactly the opposite of what the good steward did. The good steward said they took the responsibility of what the master had given them and they invested it and they made a return on it. That is what the Christian life is. You take responsibility, you serve the Lord, you be a good steward. You don't shirk that. And so if you were to ask me, what's the opposite of a victim mentality? It's personal responsibility. That's what it is. Uh, the Bible's huge on this, personal responsibility. I mean, even I mentioned how it's antithetical to the gospel earlier, but I mean, Ezekiel 18, 20, the soul that sins shall die. Don't blame your father. Basically, don't blame other people. You're going to be held accountable before God for yourself and no one else. You're not going to be able to point the finger on judgment day. So personal responsibility is huge. You see in the New Testament too, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10, Paul says, if a man doesn't eat, or I'm sorry, if a man doesn't work, let him not eat right? You, you need to be responsible for yourself and your own household. If a man doesn't provide for his own household, he's worse than an unbeliever, Paul even says, right? He's not, he's not taking responsibility for that which God's entrusted to him with his own household. And so a man or woman of God, a productive person who takes responsibility for their life, they're, they're going to look ahead at their day and they're going to say, what good would you have for me to do for you today, Lord? How, how can I serve others? And you need to launch into that with vigor. When troubles come, setbacks, shortfalls, all those things, you're going to say, Lord, with your help, we're going to find a way through this. You're not going to embrace that disempowering thing of, oh, well, now I'm just going to give up and not be responsible. No, you're still responsible. Even, even if um, bad things befall you, even if you lose everything you've worked for, that doesn't mean that you no longer are a steward. You still got to get up and keep working. And trust the Lord for the results. You can't embrace the victimhood mentality. Someone who takes personal responsibility will take it upon themselves to be organized, to plan their day, to decide for themselves what goals they're going to pursue, and that they're going to choose to do the things which honor the Lord and not wait around for someone else to lead them to those things. They're just going to do it, and they're, they're going to do it because they know they're responsible to. 
And just some practical stratagems for fighting that tendency to play the victim. Because again, like I mentioned in the beginning, I, I struggle with this. I can sometimes feel my mind creeping towards this, you know, desirable thing of saying, well, it's not really my fault. I don't have to be responsible here. Bad things are happening to me. Practically, you just have to fight that whenever you, just like any other sin, when you see the lies coming in, you notice, hey, I'm starting to drift towards thinking of myself as a victim. Confront it with the truth. If you hear yourself saying, well, I have to do this thing. They're making me do this. Or, you know, you feel all that. It's not fair kind of thing. You need to say to yourself the opposite. Of that. Say, no, I get to do this. I have an opportunity to serve here. I, I deserve far worse than this, not better. Thank you, Lord, for, for saving me from my sin. Re realign your mind to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And ask, say, Lord, show me how you will use this, even this bad situation for, for my good and for your glory. Right, this it's reframing things not in like a self-deceiving way, but around the truth. It's confronting your wrong mindset with what is true. And so, the quicker you get it at, at identifying when you start to slip into that victim mindset, the quicker you'll be to turn around and confront it with the truth. Which takes time. It takes practice. And I, I, I catch myself all the time starting to drift into it, and then I just have to be like, no, that's not true. What God has said is true. And then you just get to work. <laughs> you just get to work. You take responsibility. You get up. You wake up in the morning. You say, okay, we're going to plan the day. We're going to get organized. We're going to go to work. And we're going to work heartily as unto the Lord. Because that's what I'm here for. To be a steward of God's resources for God's glory. Somebody be productive. That's really all there is to it. So that that's all I have to say about that. Victimhood mentality. Crush it. It's not good. <laughs> But uh, that's all I have for you this week. Before I let you go, I do, as always, want to tell you thank you to Patreon supporters. appreciate you guys so much for supporting the program. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, for as little as three bucks a month, you can help support what I'm doing with Redeeming Productivity. $5 and up people get uh, a little sticker like this if you're watching on YouTube or like this one. You can choose which one you want. And then $10 and up, you can get these little Redeeming Productivity notebooks that my buddy Marcus has made for me. And so check that out. It's redeemingproductivity.com. No, it's not. It's patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And there's a link in the description if you want to check out. Um, Throwing a few bucks my way, getting some exclusive content, and really just helping to support the efforts with this. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Get on the newsletter if you're not on that. I've been really pumping those up and trying to make them better and better and better. It's a really just huge newsletter you get each week in your mailbox. And it's going to help you to be a more productive steward of your time, of your energy. I share some thoughts that I'm, I'm thinking about relating to Christian productivity throughout the week that you can't get anywhere else. I share a roundup of links from around the web that are going to help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's just packed full of good stuff and it's free and it's just something I, I compile every single week and send out. So you can get that at redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter or of course the link in the description. Okay, that was a lot. Let's end it there. Thanks for listening, guys. I will see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. <laughs>